0: Pass Around the Smile is like your go-to friend, the one that lifts you up and backs you to the end. She's there to guide and inspire, challenge and teach, and remind you that your best self isn't out of reach. Self-development, manifestation, self-love and more, it's time to trust the process more than ever before. Welcome to Pass Around the Smile, the podcast. I'm your host, Cleo Massey, and I am so glad you're here. Let the magic begin. A quick little message before we get started on this podcast. Something happened in the export. We're not sure what, but it made my voice sound like a chipmunk. And then when we changed it from chipmunk to normal, it made it sound all echoey and a bit weird. Just wanted to let you know if it's the first time that you're listening to the Pass Around the Smile podcast, they usually sound a little bit better than this. I was going to redo it, but let's be honest whilst I am pregnant, recording podcasts once a week is hard enough. And this episode took me so long to record. And so I wasn't going to record it again. Also, this episode is all about not sweating the small stuff. And realistically, this is a small thing. It still sounds fine. You can still hear everything I have to say. So I still hope that you love it. Um, it's a really good episode that I actually, I rate myself, not tooting my own horn, but I rate it. So please listen and we'll sort out the whole chipmunk echoey thing next time. Cause today I'm taking my own advice and I'm not sweating the small stuff. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Pass Around the Smile podcast. We have another exciting episode today. This episode I'm actually pulling from a blog I wrote and that blog I wrote was called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and it was based around the book which is called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and It's All Small Stuff by Richard Carlson. And to this day, it's still one of the best books that I've ever read. And what I've done is I've kind of taken 10 lessons from his book and kind of put them in my own words. And I just kind of want to talk about how important I think they are and how they can really help in moving forward in a more free, clear and positive way in turn, of course, manifesting our desires easily and more effortlessly than ever before. So I really do believe that making an effort to not sweat the small stuff can enhance your life in so many ways. Not only does it actually allow us time to focus on the things in our lives that actually matter, it makes us a more pleasant person to be around. And it also helps us not run the risk of making small things worse, because we do have the power to make small things that could have just disappeared much, much worse, just with our minds, just with assuming. I mean, how often do we take something small and often it is someone else's anger that we kind of justify as all of a sudden our anger that we have something to do with let's say you're driving to work and you get cut off by another car and all of a sudden you're justifying why you should be so angry at this person and why this anger is building up inside of you and then of course one thing leads to another and you're getting angrier and next thing you're thinking about that person who hasn't replied to your email and then you're you know worrying about that and it just stems from there and creates so much unnecessary stress and worry. Whereas back when that car cut in front of you, if you had just let it go, which you do have the choice to do with these small things, you know, you stub your toe, you burn your toast, you didn't plug your phone in overnight. You have the choice to let these things go and not give it another thought. But very often We want an excuse and why, I'm not sure why, but we want an excuse to feel anger or to be negative or think, woe is me, or think things aren't going right for me, because sometimes it can be easier and more comfortable to just sit in that negative energy. But of course, we know that in the long run, that is doing way more harm than good. Now, I mentioned this in the episode last week with Mads, but we've got to remember that when we are playing out fake scenarios in our mind, like something eventuating that we are scared of, something getting worse that we are worried about, a confrontation maybe, a conversation that maybe is heated where you're you know, proving your point, whatever it is, our minds cannot tell the difference between what we are imagining and what we are experiencing in real life. So when you are doing that in your mind, taking a small thing and making it so much worse, you are literally damaging the energy inside of your body. And that is the energy that you are trying to live your best life with. That is the energy that you are giving to your family and friends. That is the energy that you are trying to manifest with. So even if you are saying your positive mantras, if you are visualizing what it is that you want, if this one small annoyance that happened to you, you know, this morning is building up and creating all of this unnecessary angst in your mind, then you are not going to manifest that thing or you are not going to give the good energy that you want to give to your family or your colleagues or the stranger that you walk by on the street. We've got to remember too that very often we perceive other people's anger, problems, whatever it is, as our own. And especially if we're an empath or a people pleaser, we want to step in and we want to help and we want to solve things. But very often, no, all the time, not very often. I say very often all the time, by the way, and I bet you're going to notice it now. I think it's so annoying. But Other people's problems aren't our problems to fix and to feel. Whether you are sweating small things that have come from you alone or whether you are sweating small things that have come from other people, what other people have said, how other people have made you feel, choose to see through compassion. Compassion to yourself, compassion to others. Remember that love and fear cannot coexist. So if you choose love and compassion, that fear, that anger, that guilt, that angst, that annoyance, it cannot exist with love. And compassion. So always choose compassion. It's okay if you have spiraled from this small thought. It's natural and normal. We have fifty to sixty thousand thoughts a day. It's normal to grab some of them, worry about them, and you know expect the worst. However, you get to go backwards, back to the start and choose which thoughts to give attention to. You have this knowledge now, so you can absolutely do it. And you have the tools to let these things go, whether it is meditation, singing your favorite song, going and seeing your favorite friend, taking your dog for a walk, whatever it is, you have the tools to distract yourself, to let these small things go, to free yourself to move forward in a more positive way. So let's get into it. That was the first lesson, is that just the general don't sweat the small stuff and the little lessons within that. So we are now moving on on to the second one, which is in Richard's words, remind yourself that when you die, your in-basket won't be empty. I really love this one because basically what Richard is saying is dependent on where you are in your life and what is important to you at the time, this will be relative to you in different ways, but you'll kind of get my gist. So why do we constantly stay up late, get up early, avoid having fun, budget like crazy, keep our loved ones waiting in the hope to get everything done? When realistically, we are never, ever, ever going to have everything done. So let's, he talks about it as an in-basket. I guess I see that as like a to-do list, for example. So my to-do list, for example, I have got to admit, I'm definitely guilty of moving really important things aside to get my to-do list done, ticked off, finished. I know that when I tick off everything, I do feel this feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction. However, that feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction is only temporary because two minutes later, something else is popped on the list. The next day, the next week, the list is double as long. So why do we push aside things that are more important, things that are going to bring us closer to ourselves, closer to our loved ones, that are going to help us be present and in the moment, the memories that, you know, may last forever that we are going, no, I can't do that because I've got to clean the house or whatever it is. Why do we do that? Well, because it's natural, because we're human and we're trying to do our best and we're trying to fit into society's expectations of what is needed and what is important. But What is important is different to everyone. And this is going to change in your seasons of life as well. So getting really clear on where you want your energy to go and then figuring out when it's time to just say no to your to-do list and feel no attached guilt of going, actually, I'm going to put my to-do list to the side because that's actually never going to be empty. And I'm going to go to the beach with the kids, or I'm going to go treat myself to a facial, or I am going to go exercise because that's more important to me right now than doing X, Y, and Z on my to-do list. Even though I know that ticking off that to-do list would feel really good. Well, in two hours, it's going to be full again. Obsessing over getting everything done often leads to stress. Stress leads to feeling guilt, and we know that guilt is one of the worst, lowest vibrations that you can feel, and that leads to all other sorts of, you know, problems and negativity which we'll kind of face in our mind. So I want you to ask yourself next time you're obsessing over getting everything done, is it taking away from people or occasions that matter? that one day you'll regret missing out on. It's really natural to convince ourselves that we will be happy when, or we will be relaxed when we complete our to-do list. But, we know that it's only temporary. So how do we get that long lasting feeling of satisfaction? It's through balance. It's like what I said, it's through finding out what's important for you in this season of life and prioritizing this. So next time that you are obsessing over getting everything done on your to-do list, I want you to check in with yourself. Is it taking you away from creating special memories? Is it taking you away from occasions that aren't going to happen again or special moments with people that you love? Then you might want to second guess yourself then and kind of put your priorities in line. So that was number two. Number three, in Richard's words, by the way, I just should say now, so every title of the 10 kind of not sweating the small stuff things that I'm going through are Richard wor- Richard's words. And then I kind of just talk about what that means to me. So number three, don't interrupt others or finish their sentences. I think this is a really important one because it's something that so many of us do but don't actually realize we do. And you might think that, you know, a little interruption here or there is just part of a normal conversation. And yeah, sometimes it is. However, if you are doing it all the time, it has the potential to take what could be a really happy, relaxed, beautiful conversation to a rushed, competitive, fast paced, and exhausting conversation. And that's going to change the whole vibe of of the friendship, of the interaction, of whatever it is that you would do, like the conversation that you might be having with your colleague or a friend, a family member. It changes the vibe completely. So another lesson in Richard's book that I absolutely love is letting others be right. And I always like to ask my past around the smile community, would you like to be right? or would you like to be happy? Because often those two don't go hand in hand. So let's say that you are having a conversation that's fun and relaxed and it's easy and it's flowing. And all of a sudden the person that you are talking to is saying something that maybe you don't really agree with, but they're enjoying themselves. They're having, you know, their moment of glory. I say, of course, depending on the situation, but to me personally, a lot of the time, let them be right. Let them have that moment. The respect that you will gain from that person by allowing them to have their say by being a good listener far outweighs the few seconds of fulfillment that you might gain by interrupting and proving your point. And that few seconds of fulfillment that you might gain will be ripped away pretty quickly because it's not often that we feel great when we interrupt someone and when when we have our say. Because often our say might not be right either. Or no one might be right. It just might be two differing opinions. So that kind of comes into the not interrupting others and proving yourself to get that fulfillment. You want the people that you communicate with to feel relaxed when they're having a conversation with you, to get that enjoyment of, you know, a nice conversation where they walk away feeling calm and uplifted. And you will really notice a big improvement in all of your interactions if you just let the other person speak without itching to have your say. And I urge you to take notice in your next conversation how often you feel the need to interrupt because it's probably more than you realize. And don't be hard on yourself. That's absolutely normal. And of course, we are going to interrupt people here and there. I mean, especially me personally, like with family, for example, we're constantly interrupting each other. I mean, you have different interactions with different people. But really just taking note of how you feel when you interrupt other people and how the other person's energy changes when you interrupt them. Number four is do something nice for someone and don't tell anyone about it. Very often, there I go again saying very often, but very often we do things for other people, but there's like a little catch. And even if we don't want to admit it to ourselves, There is some kind of catch where we want to drop it really casually in a conversation that we did this or we did that for someone else. And what we're doing in that moment is we are expecting something in return some acknowledgement, some attention, maybe some kindness back for ourselves. But what is magical is doing something for someone else because you want to, because it makes you feel good, it makes them feel good, and that's all there is to it. What we're doing when we're mentioning our acts of kindness. To other people is we're seeking their approval. We want validation, but we know that validation, the true validation that fulfills us and makes us feel good can't come from others. It can only come from within. So instead, the next time that you do something nice for someone else, instead, just relish in the feelings, the warm and fuzzy feelings that you get from helping someone else. That is enough. That is a good enough feeling to relish in those warm and fuzzy feelings that you have just made someone else's day. And when you're relishing in those warm and fuzzy feelings, that's when you're vibrating high and that's when you can manifest what it is that you want to manifest. So I'm not saying do these nice acts of kindness so you get to manifest easier and get what you want. No, I'm just saying that if it helps you from sharing it with the world or with people. that you know that you did this thing if it helps to think you are still being you know rewarded for what you did in another way then think of it in this way number five is cliche but please just hear me out you're probably going to think yeah I know I need to do this or I already do this or I know I need to do this but I can't I'm too busy I don't have enough time but number five is set aside quiet time every day Our lives are filled with so much noise, whether it's coming from your phone, the TV, the conversations that you're having on different social media platforms, Instagram, DM, Messenger, you've got your phone on speaker while you're also cooking dinner. There's always so many things going on at once and our attention spans are absolutely dwindling. It's so sad. And I think over time, we've been taught to kind of admire and almost validate when people say, oh my gosh, it's been such a stressful week, or I am so busy at the moment, I've been so busy. Like we see the terms on social media, girl boss, hustle, hustle, hustle. And while elements of that is good and productive and you're moving forward fearlessly, a lot of it is damaging because we think that we have to fill every space of our lives with something However, what can come in the time when there is nothing, when there is no distraction, where you are just sitting on your bed, looking out the window, when you're listening to music, just, you know, sitting on the couch, when you are journaling, when you are just having time to yourself, what can come from that? is like astronomical, really, because we actually allow ourselves the time to think, to get creative, to understand why we feel anxious or angry or whatever it is. We allow ourselves time to connect with ourselves, to come up with new ideas, to work out what's going on. And just to be, just to be is, oh my gosh, we need to just be more. As I mentioned before, over time, we have been taught to kind of validate and admire when someone says, I'm so busy, we wonder about all the exciting things going on in their lives. And we think that we need to fill our lives with more busy. But what about the people who have just as much going on in their lives, but don't talk about how constantly stressed they are or how busy their life is and how, you know, they may have so much going on, but they still find 10 minutes a day to set aside quiet time for themselves. I think that is what should be admired and that is what we should kind of look to doing for ourselves. 10 minutes of quiet time can make the unmanageable seem manageable. It can make a stressful day all of a sudden feel calm. It can make confusion melt away to seeing really clearly. So number six is seek first to understand. So in Richard's book, he explains that seek first to understand basically implies that you become more interested in understanding others and less in having other people understand you. It's absolutely natural that we want to prove our point or explain ourselves or to be understood. But what about the other people? It is similar to what I was talking about before, where we gain so much more respect from the other person when we actually understand or make an effort to understand why they're saying what they're saying, and or why they're feeling how they're feeling. Very often we'll have people, there I go again, very often. Now I'm so aware of it. <laughs> um, but we'll have a friend, for example, say to us, I'm feeling this way. And we'll just go, oh, that sucks. Or, you know, oh, damn, maybe try this. Instead of actually seeking first to understand how they must genuinely be feeling because they've had this happen to them, they've had that happen to them. Tell me more, explain to me, because it's really quite interesting. All humans are interesting. We all see different things, we feel different things, we believe in different things. So instead of just jumping in to have your say of what you understand, seek first to understand what they are feeling or what they mean. The thing is we should be genuinely interested in what those around us have to say. So this shouldn't take much effort. It might just be something that needs tweaking in your life. Now, these are Richard's words, but I really like them. So he says it means mastering the idea that if you want quality, fulfilling communication that is nourishing to you and others, understanding others must come first. And what happens when we do seek first to understand, we're trying to understand others and we're listening and communicating in that way is that we become a more compassionate, loving, and understanding human. And not only, of course, do we gain the respect of others by doing that, it feels really good for us. So Richard says, when I started to understand the whys behind people's doing, not only did I experience positive feelings, but I started to understand the reason behind why I say and do certain things. This allowed me to slow down, be kinder to myself and work on aspects I realize I needed to. Number seven is choose your battles wisely. And I want to start with Richard's words, which are, if you choose your battles wisely, you'll be far more effective in winning those that are truly important. So Richard's saying here that you don't have to lose every battle just to go, oh, I want a calm life. I'm going to step away. Because sometimes it is important to speak our truth and to be ourselves and to stick up for others or ourselves. But very often, <laughs> it's, it's not our battle to fight and it's not worth it. So really understanding when it is worth it and when it's not worth it. And by figuring that out, what you are doing is you are saving your energy for the battles that you really do need to go in and fight for. If you live a life where you are constantly getting frustrated at every little thing, like you just allow every little thing to get bigger and to annoy you and to frustrate you and to think, why does this keep happening to me? You lose sight of what is actually relevant, what actually matters, because you think everything is a big deal. You will live a more peaceful life if you figure out what is and isn't important to fight for relative to you. Number eight is practice humility and I want to start again with a little Richard Carlson quote and he says, humility and peace go hand in hand. The less compelled you are to try and prove yourself to others, the easier it is to feel peaceful inside. Unfortunately, proving yourself is completely natural. It's just a human instinct that we want to do so we feel respected, protected, that we are competent enough, kind enough, brave enough. We want people to see us as these things. However, proving yourself takes so much energy and often isn't received in the way that you want it to be received. It can often come across as bragging. Why do we feel that we need to convince others of our worth as a human being? The thing is that we don't, but we feel the need to. Whether it's family or friends or colleagues, we're constantly trying to seek this approval, this validation. We want to be accepted. And I am all for speaking out your accomplishments and when you are proud of something, sharing the good news, especially if you are, say, in a job interview or if you are on a date, of course you need to kind of like, you know, say the good things about yourself. I'm not saying that you need to drag yourself down and say all the things that you do wrong and, you know, acknowledge this and that and bring up all of this negative stuff. No, no, no. Please feel proud to share good things, but check where these good things are coming from. Are you sharing these good things just to share good things? Because then, then great, amazing. But are you sharing these good things to get that acceptance, to prove a point, to feel accepted or to kind of one-up someone else? So really check where that energy is coming from. The thing is, when you start to care less about seeking approval, the more approval you just naturally get. You want to share from your heart and not your ego. Share your good news. Be proud of what you have accomplished, of course but if it's coming from your ego it's it's going to come across as bragging and it's not going to make other people feel good about themselves so really check in as to where it is coming from i mean personally i've abs- i mean i'm human i've absolutely had times where i have probably come across as bragging because I have wanted that approval and that validation but what it does is when you are coming from that place of ego and you are telling others about your accomplishments to try and fit in or whatever it is is it diminishes the good feelings that you had from achieving that thing so do yourself a favor and before sharing check from where it check where it's coming from and then share keep your good feelings and share your good feelings so the other people can relish in your good feelings As well. So that was number eight, practice humility. Number nine is think about what you have instead of what you don't have. It is so natural to go straight to what we don't have. I want this. I'll be happy when. Yeah, but I don't have this yet. Instead of look at all the things that you already have. So Richard has been a stress consultant for many, many years, and he says that the most pervasive and destructive mental tendency is focusing on what we want instead of what we have. He says, it doesn't seem to make any difference how much we have. We just keep expanding our lists of desires, which guarantees we will remain dissatisfied. I have absolutely been guilty of saying or feeling things like I'll be happy when, I'll be confident when. We all do it, but then we know that we get that thing and then we want more and the cycle begins again. And what that starts to feel into is the energy of greed. We're always wanting more. We are never going to be satisfied in that way. So look around, what do you have already? What you wanna do is you wanna become so thankful, so grateful, like genuinely grateful for where you are now and for what you have now. That's when you create more of what you want to materialize in your life. The thing is you have the option to feel completely satisfied right now. It is only you choosing to feel dissatisfied right now with your life, with the things that, are, that you have around you, with the people, with the circumstances. You get to choose to feel satisfied now. You get to look around at what you have rather than what you don't have. And if you listen to the Imperfects podcast, Hugh Van Keilenberg, he has the Resilience Project. He talks about when he went overseas and he met this little boy that changed his life. And this little boy kept saying, dis, to Hugh. And I think from memory, I mean, I've, I've listened to this story so many times that Hugh said, but I might get it a little bit wrong now. But basically, Hugh didn't understand what he meant. He was going, dis, dis, dis. And... What Hugh eventually realised was that this little boy who had hardly anything, who you know could barely eat some days, like he he was living in poverty, he would look at like the playground that was made out of sticks and go to Hugh dis like how cool is this? Look at this. This little boy again. I'm not telling this story in the best way, so go and listen to Hugh's proper version of it. But this little boy was so immensely grateful for this playground, for example, that he would just go, oh my God, this, look at this. Whereas we might look at our home, our beautiful home that we are safe and secure in and think, I want more, you know, instead of being like dis, wow, this is so amazing. You really want to appreciate what you have now because there is nothing worse than looking back and thinking, why didn't I enjoy that time? I was constantly looking elsewhere. I was constantly striving for something else. Why didn't I just enjoy that time, be present and accept the incredible things that were around me? We want to enjoy every minute, enjoy the process of getting to where you want to be. Not only will that have you enjoying the moments that you are living now, it will also make the result of what you are striving for great and amazing and that of good vibration. If you are not enjoying the process, the result of what you manifest won't be fulfilling and amazing because you haven't enjoyed the process of getting there. Okay, we're up to number 10, the last one, and this is think of your problems as potential teachers. Now, I always talk about Gabby Bernstein's quote, obstacles are detours in the right direction, and I have absolutely lived my life by this quote for the last, I don't know, probably like eight years now. But basically, what Richard is saying here is that every problem teaches us something, whether it's patience, confidence, it could bring us closer to our purpose. It can help us grow in some way. And again, we have the choice to perceive our problems as showstoppers, as this is awful, as this is the worst thing, as woe is me. Or we have the choice to perceive our problems as potential teachers, as redirection, as, oh, okay, this doesn't work, so I'm excited to see what will work. I'm closer now. I'm excited to see what the universe is cooking up for me. And I know that when we you know, perceive ourselves as failing or when something doesn't work, it can be really defeating. And of course, sometimes we need to go through those feelings and we need to feel what we need to feel. We need to cry. We need to be angry. I'm all about acknowledging your feelings. But when the time is right to come out of that stage of grieving or, you know, going through what you need to go through, whatever it is, it's time to look at potential teachers because that, at the end of the day, is what is going to make us feel better and is going to help us grow and move forward. I think a lot of this is about acceptance. And when you do learn to accept that life does have its ups and downs, it does have its problems, we aren't resisting and just waiting for something bad to happen. Instead, we are in the flow of acceptance where it's like, yeah, it might come, but I know how to deal with this. You're learning to go with the flow and be flexible. So that is today's episode. I had a lot of fun recording that because I haven't gone over Richard's lessons in so long and I now feel inspired. I am absolutely not perfect at any of these things. Um, I am learning and... It feels so good to learn and grow and to become better. So that's what I'm doing. And I hope I can encourage you to do the same thing. If you are not a part, oh, that was my dog sneezing in the background. If you aren't a part of the Pass Around the Smile community page on Facebook, please join. It is such a positive, supportive place to be. Uh, The link is in the show notes. If you liked this episode, if you like this podcast, it honestly helps me so much Uh, and supports my podcast so much if you could leave a review if you're listening on Spotify you can just click the five stars I hope and if you're listening on Apple you can click the five stars and actually leave a written review honestly it really helps me so much and if you have any questions or if you have any ideas for podcasts or guests that you might want to hear from please reach out let me know And yeah, I have some really exciting stuff coming to pass around the smile. Some new products are coming and some original products are returning, which have been asked of me for so long and I was like resisting, I was not going to bring them back, but I can't help myself, I'm bringing them back. So keep a watch on Pass Around the Smile because lots of new and lots of old is coming back and so much of it is going to be so good for Christmas presents. Oh my God, I just love the feeling on Christmas Day that so many of you are gifting your loved ones the gift of positivity and oh, it just makes Christmas so much better like for me personally knowing that you guys are opening pass around the smile under the tree I mean especially my card decks I love the feeling of knowing that families friends, everyone on that you spend Christmas day with are doing card readings together as like an interactive activity, reflecting on the year, seeing what's coming up for the new year. It's just such a beautiful, wholesome activity to do on Christmas day. And especially in that time between Christmas day and new years, card readings are just extra magical. So yeah, it's all very exciting. All right. I'll love you and leave you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode.